Ready to keep you company wherever you are. Card Blanche, the podcast, brings you immersive, hard-hitting stories anytime, anywhere, every week. It's been a frenzy of buzzworthy headlines. Here's what's coming your way in this week's whole week wrap. Union Ehawu embarks on a crippling strike and citizens pay the ultimate price. Public protector Busisiwe Mkwebane comes under the parliamentary spotlight. I know the reporters there, it is like theatre watching Dali Ampofu. I think a lot of it yes. is going to be entertaining if it wasn't so serious and frankly time consuming. And Spain's momentous decision to improve women's health. Grab a coffee and enjoy today's wrap with Masake Kana and Daily Maverick Managing Editor Janet Hurd. How are you doing, Janet? Hi, Masa and the listeners. I'm doing very well, thank you. Are you keeping your head above water? Are you even going to bed at night? Because there's so much going on. I feel like even napping is a risk because something's just might change. This has probably been the busiest week that we've just had with the cabinet reshuffle, then straight into a really difficult Nahawu strike and on Mm. top of the public protector issue in parliament. I think this coming week, it could just actually get even busier. Things just are going at such a pace. Each one of these things on their own would have dominated a new cycle week. And they're all happening at the same time. Let's start with the Nahal strike. These are healthcare workers who are demanding a 10% wage increase. And we mustn't forget that, yes, during COVID, these are the workers who really did bear the brunt, did not receive increases like many other people didn't. But however, they were on the front lines as essential workers and they risked their lives. And I guess many of us empathize with their plight. I mean, they've cited reasons such as high cost of living and they just aren't able to keep up. And I think that's many South Africans right now. And many people could understand that plight. However, when the strike then took a turn, it read a very ugly head where it made it even more difficult to empathize now because here we were seeing patients being turned away from hospitals. We were seeing staff being hauled out of ICU. And now we've been told by our health minister, Dr. Joe Pasa, that there are four deaths that could be directly linked to the Nahal strike. And what it seems like is that it was bubbling under with a slow start and then disaster struck. Reminded me of the beginnings of the July 2021 riots in KZN that mm. unfolded after Zuma handed himself in. And I think that it's really hard in media to watch these things unfold and not knowing exactly where they're going to go. But you just get this terrible feeling that things are getting out of hand. And I think yeah. we've been before so many times now. And on Monday, seeing it starting, you know, first you send a, a team or two out to a few places to just monitor a strike, and then you just see it escalating across parts of the country and in hospitals. And yes, Massa, you're totally right. I mean, the issues for health workers in this country are huge. They deserve our sympathy. And it's quite sad, actually, that it seems that in this case, they're not gaining the sympathy that they actually deserve because of the manner in which the strike has unfolded. And I think that, for me, is a real tragedy. they at the critical face of South Africa's health care and they have a terrible time. Their working conditions are really, really terrible. They, they took us through COVID, mm. as you said, and they, they deserve our support. And I don't think in this case they would get the support in terms of their tactics. And about 85% of the South Africa public are relying on these health services to survive. And it has been a 
really harrowing to watch and see the images unfold of people mm. dragged out and not being able to attend to, to people and not do surgeries. And, you know, one nurse trying to manage, you know, a huge ward on her own. I think Ground Up editors and our Maverick Citizen editor put it very well that these are important issues, but the strike as it's played out needs to be called off. Hearing some of the spokespeople like from Sanko and the House speak in media, they just kept saying things like, you know, it's unfortunate and they have been calling their members to say, do not block entrances. And it was the health MEC in the Northwest who said, look, after he had his talks with the Nahau leadership, the entrances were cleared and they were then peacefully protesting outside. Exactly. There have been some amazing examples of negotiation and calmness. And the, the heroism, again, is always what always fascinates me about South Africa. People risking, you know, putting themselves in very tricky situations to bring calm and to negotiate some kind of reduction in tension. But mm. what is worrying, I think, is the level at which they've got interdicts now, but the strike has continued. And there have been already a number of protesters shot with rubber bullets in Amtata and in Soweto at Barra. And I think mm. that this is what really, I think, looking at this week, if there isn't an attempt to get back to the negotiating table and settle this, this is where things can get out of hand. We've got private security who are armed, who can go in and try and maintain order, which, I mean, we need to have some protection. Things that can escalate very quickly, as we've seen. We don't want a repeat of what we've seen in the past, for example, Maragana, where you were watching this war unfold yeah. in front of you and you just watch it just collapse. So... We don't want to find ourselves there and hopefully those negotiations will go well. The unions seem adamant though, Janet. They're saying, look, it's 10% or nothing. There's 4.7% that has been proposed by government. They completely reject it. It does come with some incentives like a housing allowance. And it was the Sanko case that in chess spokesperson Lawrence Dube who said to the media that he doesn't buy the excuse that there is no money. He says government has money. That's proven through now the even more bloated cabinet that the president just announced recently. They're also saying that MPs are splurging on travel costs between Gauteng and Cape Town. So if they could cut costs of their own miscellaneous expenditure or expenditures that he finds unnecessary, like the blue light brigade and the very expensive vehicles, the accommodation and every single thing else that the members of parliament get, He's saying in that way, there would be money that they're saying is not there. Yes, and I think there is a lot of sympathy. There's also this discussion about this bloated public service, but in fact, it isn't bloated in sectors. In fact, uh, the last figures show that there are more than 26,000 vacancies in hospitals alone. So if you think of that... And then you think of the public sector generally, I'm just looking at the latest figures that were published by Groundup, where there were more than 160,000 public sector jobs vacant as March last year. So mm. you can see that there are very real issues that need to be addressed. And it's not just the health sector that's on strike. I think that's another thing of the week that the focus has been on the health sector, but it is happening within public works and other public sectors. You know, if you're a health worker struggling 
to put food on the table and feed your family. Mm. This bloated cabinet, you see corruption, you see things, expenses, money just going nowhere. Like you can understand the level of anger. And I think so. Absolutely. Point now of real anger and full. People are full. They, they look and they say, how will it change? And we have a very, very dangerous, potentially dangerous situation where this is playing out in many sectors where they don't feel that anyone's listening to them. What's your sense on the ground about this week and what's going to happen with the strike? Because last week in Parliament, President Cyril Ramaphosa condemned the strike, calling it violent. And he reiterated that this is a no work, no pay situation. So for as long as you're on strike, you must just know that you will not be paid. Is that the language that we want to go into the negotiating tables with? That's it. I don't know whether the authorities, well, look, they took a long time to act or respond. I mean, the strike began on Monday and there was a very, very low-key response that was almost silent on all sides of the authorities, not really speaking out. And then only by Wednesday did the seriousness and the urgency seem to, they seem to wake up about the potential of what is happening here. So that was also an oversight on the leaders, people to actually step in and show that there's a sense that this is a crisis and needs to be tackled and that was lacking. No work, no pay. That is hits hard on people who mm. are learning a little and it probably would bring people to the bargaining table, back to the bargaining table quicker, I would imagine. And I just hope there is some way forward because these negotiations are protracted. They've been going on for a long time and it sounds like they could have acted much quicker. So we'll watch and see what happens this week. It's one to watch as public protector Busisiwe Mkwebane is set to testify before the Section 194 impeachment inquiry later this week. And as entertaining as the proceedings might be, Janet reminds us that this is all very serious. Just to briefly touch on advocate Busisiwe Mkwebane taking the hot seat this week. What do you think we can expect? I mean, it was fireworks when we saw advocate Tulima Donzela also being questioned by advocate Mbofu, and she hit back. Seeing Mkobani finally take the stand after how many months of impeachment inquiry, it is like theatre, watching Dalia Mbofu. I think a lot of it yes. can be entertaining if it wasn't so serious and frankly time-consuming and a waste of money. There's been so much effort gone into that impeachment inquiry last week with Tuli taking the stand to really report on specific incidences about her investigations, which were then taken over by Mkobani. That was the specific reference on which she was there. And as pointed out by our writer, Marianne Tam, Dalian Poe for calling her actually scored an own goal because I don't think they won many points in bringing her to testify. And I found it quite hostile to listen to Dalian Pofu trying to put the focus on Maroncela when in fact yeah. Maroncela went out she wasn't facing impeachment it was his client so I mean it's theatre and it's dramatic but it's incredibly damaging to see the amount of resources that have gone into this inquiry which don't have many rules that they do have in court which has been pointed out by a columnist Pierre de Force that the rules of engagement are different there and so it's an open ticket really for uh, letting things get out of hand but we all look forward to seeing Mkobani finally take the stand on the 15th I don't know what your impression of Tuli was she's so calmly spoken she doesn't get rattled I mean she did show that she did get hot under the collar, but she remained calm, cool and collected. In all these years, <laughs> maintained that calm. I mean, I wish I had some of her powers in that respect. Yeah, she should bottle Thanks. it up and sell it. <laughs> it's become all too clear in recent weeks that being the vice chancellor of a university in South Africa is not for the faint of heart. 
But can newly inaugurated University of Johannesburg VC, Professor George Mpedi, embrace this make-or-break position and inspire young minds? Let's talk about your good news amidst students striking right now. You've also got good news in that sector, though. Daily Maverick, we really do try, and there's a lot. But the green shoots that I had been thinking of this week is the inauguration on Friday of the new professor at UJ, Professor George Mpedi. You know, the, the university is doing so well. It's been on an upward trajectory, and Marwala has taken an international position overseas, the current, the outgoing VC, and now we have a new VC who sounds like an amazing professor and he could have probably taken up many jobs. Um, he says in an, an interview with our reporter Nonculelo Gilo that he was being headhunted and he's taken mm. the job as the VC at UJ and I'm just wishing luck to be able to continue on the upward trajectory of that university which is really punching way beyond its weight in some ways um, and yes. as a beacon. It's amazing what a formidable strong leader can do for an institution like of higher learning. So when we see these academic taking up these spaces that they are needed in where most of us really wouldn't want those kinds of roles and they take it head on kudos to them. And it also comes obviously at a time of real challenges at universities. Funny enough, they've had very few protests at UJ so far, touch wood, in terms of the very real issues affecting students with the um, NISFIS seems to be the real flashpoint is the NISFIS cap mm. of 4,000 rand on accommodation, which is now being relooked at, I think. Yes. But I think there is something to say about leadership and feeling a belonging. And uh, he said in his interview, he's even thinking of starting a med school at UJ. So we can watch the space. Wow, interesting stuff. Now, my green shoot, Janet, is really tailor-made. I'm a little bit selfish about this one for me, but many, 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 many women will relate to this. Spain plans on introducing menstrual leave and their new law for women with severe period pains. How amazing is this? In a way, I mean, it's, it seems such a surprise. But then when you think about it, I'm surprised that we don't discuss these things more often. I mean, how often yeah. have we had this discussion of what do you do when it's been people? And it's a very real issue for a lot of women where they really are debilitated. I don't think it affects all women. And I think we mm. must be careful not to say that it's something that all women would, would need. But when mm. there's a serious situation, it is something that we should be talking about and engaging over. I worked in Australia at the newsroom at the age when I had my son. This is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll never forget, I was breastfeeding and they had a dairy, a room we could go to off the oh, newsroom wow. and, and sit where there was a fridge where you could actually express. Express, yeah. Incredible, comfortable couch that I could sit at, have reading material and I'd take a break from work and I would go and do what I needed to do. And it wasn't even an issue. And that was quite a while ago. My son is 27. So... I'm just saying that we are so far behind on these issues to debate mm. them, fresh them out. So for me, I hope this kind of story elicits a debate. I think they even said that at three days in Spain, up to five days. In but, some circumstances, yes. And it should just be part of the conversation we have around healthcare and women's issues particularly, which generally can be quite hostile. Women go and express in dingy toilets if they're lucky. Yeah. We don't provide for the reality of childcare in the workplace. So with menstruation, I don't know, what do you feel about that? I am 100% for it. Personally, I have suffered from serious 
horrible severe period pains all my life. It is something that would have benefited me in school even. So I really do think this is something we should look into. If this bill is passed in Spain, it will be the first country in Europe to implement this law. So we're not so far behind because I think Zambia has already introduced this as well. Janet, it was lovely chatting. I look forward to this week ahead. I wish you luck and peace because there's going to be a lot of turmoil. Great. Thank you, Massa. It's great to talk to you. And yeah, I think we need to fasten our seatbelts once again. Thanks for listening. Catch us again next week for another whole week wrap. Until then, why not join the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else? We always love hearing from you. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.